Welcome to Abounding Love Podcast. My name is Dave Nelson. We are continuing on in our study through the book of Acts, and we find ourselves on this podcast in Acts chapter 11. So go ahead and grab your Bibles and open them up there to Acts chapter 11. We finished up with chapter 10 on the last podcast, and we saw how Peter had shared the gospel with a group of Gentiles that were gathered at the home of a a centurion by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius had a vision, Peter had a vision, and the Holy Spirit brought them together. Both Peter and Cornelius had something they needed to learn. Cornelius needed to learn that his religious devoutness was not going to bring salvation. He needed to know Jesus. And Peter, he needed to learn to drop his prejudice. He already knew Jesus but he needed to learn that God does not show partiality. So we pick it up here in chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Now, this, you see, it, this had to be a bombshell dropped into the lives of the apostles and brethren. They had grown up their entire lives with the mentality that the Gentiles were dogs. But Jesus came onto the scene and he changed everything. He came to be a light to the Gentiles. If you will, just go ahead and let's look at that scripture. Turn to Isaiah chapter 42. As always, uh, we compare scripture with scripture I always encourage you to, to take the whole counsel of the Word of God, to study the Word of God in depth, to become a student of the Bible. But um, Isaiah chapter 42, uh, starting in verse 1. So let's uh, go ahead and, and read through that. Hopefully you're there in your Bibles, Isaiah 42, 1. Uh, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. Who, were to, who are we talking about here? We're talking about Jesus. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Boy, there's such a deep study in these verses. And I really encourage you to take some time to study these verses here. We're talking about God, the Lord in these verses, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from, from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Verse 6, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. Remember, this is all referring to Jesus. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, 
to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So so God, the Lord Jesus, has come to set us free. We sit in darkness. We walk in darkness without knowing the light. But Jesus came, and he comes into our hearts, and he brings forth light, and he sets us free, and he opens our blind eyes to see who God really is. So this was something, though, that was entirely new. Jesus came to do new things. And up until this point, go ahead and flip back to the book of Acts, if you will. Uh, Up until this point, there were no Gentiles in the church. The vision that Peter received would upset the apple cart. And uh, we're going to discuss that vision again here in a little bit. But this is all new. So this was a bombshell that was dropped into the lives of these Jews that had given their lives to Jesus Christ. Things were taking place. We saw the change that was taking place in Peter. He, Like I said at the beginning of this podcast here, his eyes were open to the fact that God shows no partiality. Okay, So back in Acts chapter 11, verse 2, And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. Now, I'm sure these Jews were repulsed by this, and they probably said this with hatred in their voice. This is not much different than things that take place a lot of times, unfortunately, in Christianity today. The Holy Spirit was working in the lives of people, and there would be no distinction in regards to who could receive the Holy Spirit. But we need to be careful that we do not become so entrenched in our way of doing church, that we forget that God is building a church that has nothing to do with where we gather or what programs or what structure or what buildings we build. God is working on hearts and doing things that we cannot see. I really believe that we don't see the Holy Spirit moving much because we shut him outside of our congregations. That sheep that Peter saw in his vision was full of variety. And today the body of Christ, the true church, is full of diversity. Each one of us has a gift that is to be used for the edification of the body of Christ. And when we form our own little groups and we shut out the Holy Spirit and we say, this is how we do things and it's always going to be like this, and we're just going to grow in the way we do things now, and we're not open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to see those new things that Jesus desires to do in us and through us. Each and every one of us is a work in progress. We are all growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the way we do that is by doing exactly what we do on this podcast, getting into the Word of God and studying it. But that's something that each and every one of us needs to be devoted to on our own. 
studying the Word of God, rightly dividing the Word of truth, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And you know, this vision that Peter had was so important that the Holy Spirit saw a need to put the story of the vision in the Bible one more time, because Peter is going to tell the story again here. And if you really think about that, you know what they had to go through to write this on the scrolls? I mean, study it sometime. Take take a look and uh, study about the scrolls and the writings of this. I mean, it was an enormous task. But the Holy Spirit wanted this story in the Bible twice, no matter what it took. So Peter goes on to explain it to them in verse 4. It says, in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, Praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. Notice the variety there, right? And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, not no, not so, Lord. Now, I commented on this in our last podcast, but it's amazing to me that we can get so set in our ways of doing things that when the Lord tries to show us something new, we say, not so, Lord. And we need to be careful of that. Peter says there, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Think about that. Think about maybe some examples in your own own lives where something has uh, gone against all you have ever believed previously. And God does something new within your heart and mind and you begin to grow in, in the Lord. Verse 10. Now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. What is it with Peter and the number three? (laughs) Let's think about that. Three times he denied the Lord. Three times the Lord asked Peter if he loved him. And here we see that this vision was given to him three times. Or that, you know, the, the sheep coming down and being drawn back up into heaven happened three times. Verse 11 says, at that very moment, Peter says, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Remember last week we discussed that, that, or excuse me, on the last podcast, I should say, that, that doubting nothing meant to make no distinction. In other words, don't question the fact that these guys are Gentiles, Peter. Just go with them, okay? Moreover, it says there, these six brethren accompanied me and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. So Peter, in his explanation, is making it clear that this was the work of the Lord and it wasn't his idea. Verse 14 says, 
who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Remember, Cornelius was a religiously devout man. He prayed always and he gave alms. But we see here in this verse, he was not saved. Think about that. All that he was good, religiously devout, praying always, giving alms, but he didn't know Jesus, so he wasn't saved. Let's read on, verse 17. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. There you see, no, no distinction being made by the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? And we often need to ask ourselves that same question. Who are we that we could withstand God? And I'm sure that many of you out there listening can have a personal testimony about that. If God wanted to do something and God showed you something different and you might have tried to withstand it. But who are we that we can withstand God? When God has a work that he's doing, we need to yield to that work and surrender to that work that he's doing. Be it in our hearts, be it in our you know, our where we live, our work, whatever it may be. Sometimes God shakes things up to bring change, to put you in a place where he's going to use you in a different way. Verse 18, when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. The Greek word used there for the word silent is a word that means to hold one's peace or mind your own business. These guys realized that this was the Lord's work and they simply submitted to his will by saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. That's the bottom line. They just submitted to what God was doing. They didn't fight it. They held their peace they minded their own business. This was the work of the Holy Spirit. God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Many today argue about who is saved, who is not saved, who can be saved, who cannot be saved, all these kind of things. But it's the work of God. And that's what we see here, that God granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. Think about that. So these believers haven't got word yet about what was happening to the Gentiles. They're just going out preaching the word to Jews only. Okay? But some of them, verse 20 says, were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. So they weren't preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, but the Holy Spirit was still working in the lives of 
the Jews in Antioch, right? Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Notice that Barnabas didn't lay any laws on them. He just told them, stick close to Jesus. That's the bottom line for each and every one of us. Continue with the Lord, Barnabas told him. And that's what we need to do. Continue with the Lord. We don't need to become more religious. We don't need to adhere to more laws and regulations and such. We just need to stay close to Jesus. A lot of times, new believers that come to Christ are bombarded with a bunch of do's and don'ts. Some of them, some people are even turned away at the door of a church the first time they come because of the way they're dressed or not dressed, whatever it may be. But if the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of people, who are we that we should withstand God? God can bring them, the Holy Spirit can bring them to Christ, the Holy Spirit can change them and do a work within them that cleanses them from the inside out, just like He has done in my life and the life of every one of you listening to this podcast that has surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. But look what the Scripture says here about Barnabas. Verse 24, For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, And a great many people were added to the Lord. You know, when they needed someone to go check things out, they called on Barnabas because they could easily see the Holy Spirit in him and the faith that he had. He was the son of encouragement. He was a good man. How'd you like for your name to be in God's scriptures? The word of God and God's word throughout all eternity. And it says about you, He was a good man. She was a good woman, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Wow. Pretty impressive. Verse 25, Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. This is interesting to me. Remember, we studied how Saul was converted. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he went out preaching to the Jews, and the Jews wanted to kill him. The disciples said, All right, enough is enough. And they put him on a ship and they sent him to Tarsus to grow up a little bit, right? We read that in chapters 8 and 9. Well, Barnabas was always sticking up for Saul. And now he thinks that Saul is the right man for the job. And he heads to Tarsus to seek out Saul and tell him about what is going on in Antioch. Verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So there's where it started. Followers of Christ. Christians. That's the first time they were called that. And in these days, verse 27, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. 
Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. Excuse me. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So here again we see the body of Christ in action. A famine was coming, and they didn't turn their eyes upon their needs. They instead turned their eyes upon the rest of their brothers and sisters and sent them relief. Now, the Bible doesn't say what that relief was, but it had to be something that Barnabas and Saul could carry, could take along with them. So whatever it was, who knows, but they sent relief to them. But this is how the body of Christ should be today. Hard times come for people within the body of Christ, and we should be looking out for each other's needs. That's what Jesus would do, and that's what the Word of God commands us to do. Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 4 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. That's the body of Christ. That was what the early church had. They were like-minded. They were of one accord. They brought all things together and they went out preaching the gospel. When one suffered need, they all suffered and they took care of each other. And, and that's the way the Lord wants us to be. Not looking out just for our own interests, but also for the interest of others. And you know, when the outside world sees that, when they see that within the body of Christ, they take note and they say, wow, what love. They will know we are Christians by our love. They'll know that we are followers of Jesus by our love. Father God in heaven, thank you again for this time in your word. I pray for each and every listener out there, Lord that they would surrender more of their lives to you today, that they would die to themselves, be renewed in the spirit of their minds, and follow hard after you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless, guys. We'll see you next time.